0: Healing Healing Out Healing Out Loud and that's loud spelled L A O D Sabide and hello family. This is the Healing Out Loud Podcast. I'm Rita Pemisai, I go by the pronouns she and they, and I am the creator and host of this virtual practice space. So welcome everyone. You are tuning into episode zero, which is the first official episode ever of Healing Out Loud. How exciting is this y'all? And just as I'm lit about this space finally being launched, I have equal amounts of fear and nervousness that I feel but I've never been more ready to release this baby into the world and guess whose story you're going to be listening to today none other than your girl Rita aka Riri aka Badak B so I thought a lot about how to do this episode and especially because it being the first there's a lot of pressure I put on myself to do it well and to figure out how the heck is this going to set the rest of the season off? Well, after thinking about it for some time, it only makes sense that in asking other law Americans to share their vulnerabilities to the public, that I would also have the grand opportunity to share myself in the same way. So I had one of my closest friends, Wanda, who is my little big sister, interview me for this episode. And in this episode, you will get a glimpse of who is Rita, where did Rita grow up, why this podcast, why now, and what I hope y'all will gain as a result of tuning in. And not to give any additional spoilers, but I also encourage you to listen until the very end where I share a poem I had written to my younger self. And please note that this episode contains content revealing sexual abuse that may be triggering for folks. If you want to skip this part of the episode, you can fast forward from the 20-minute mark to the 25-minute mark. And without further comment, let's get to healing, Pinong family. In your own words,
1: can you describe um, a moment that you felt inspired to start
0: this podcast Yes, there's so many moments collected over time, but I think I remember the moment that Los Angeles was formed and Los Angeles is a, uh, organization made up of law Americans in LA and Los Angeles area and the OC. And it was created around October, 2017 as a official entity, um, And it started off as a mentorship um, between Kulap and about four of us, you know, young Lao Americans trying to make it in L.A. And and, uh, we were meeting up with her every month to uh, uh, get some mentorship support. And then um, finally, she wanted to open it up to the greater L.A. and Orange County area. And it blew up. And now we have about 170 members. But what I was seeing was there's a, there's a different energy in our community that I've never witnessed before in my life. And growing up in North Carolina in a preeminent white community, there's a sense of connection that I've always wanted and always wanted to seek out. And I I didn't think anything was possible. I saw a lot of different pockets of Latin American communities, but oftentimes most of most of the time it has been very divisive for me and what I saw in Los Angeles was a little different where people were coming together, being tied to the identity of what it means to speak the same common language of Lao and also be progressive and, and want to do movement work, want to cross collaborate, want to support each other and and to promote each other's work, and I think that's so radical, and 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 in contrast to a lot of the other types of uh, loud spaces that I've ever been involved in. And so, seeing how much our community has grown and support in support of each other, and also the intersections of my own healing process, I I kind of took note of there had to have been some healing component in our lives in order for us to get to where we are now. And I also saw that there was a lot of narrative around our community about trauma and how we're so focused on like us being uh, babies of war. And you know I, I also take uh, full accountability for that narrative as well because in my Master's of Asian American Studies, I felt like everything was tied to intergenerational trauma, intergenerational uh, war, and, and, and how does that impact the diaspora, and never thought that healing or resilience or thriving could even be an option until I joined the great coaching program. I had an amazing supervisor, Nikita Gupta, that truly showed me that there is absolutely access to, that I have access to my joy. I have access to my happiness, and life is so short, so why not like uh, be able to see the moments in our lives that can connect us to our greater selves, and so seeing all these experiences around me just take place, I felt like it was kind of I was called for to do this work, and, and 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 in a way that was very unique, in a way that is special, in a way that has never been done before. And so that's whenever I realized, like, hey, I need to be in this role in order to support the community that I love the best. So uh, that's where my inspiration, well, I would say, points of inspiration. Do, do
1: you remember the exact moment you like that you were in, the, your surroundings? And, like, who was yeah. there with you?
0: Uh, it was cool. <laughs> it was literally a concept. I was having a conversation with Kulab about this conference. I was like we should host something in Los Angeles since whenever we were first forming into our little baby entity when we first invited people outside the mentorship group and and I wanted to host a conference that kind of was like a healing justice conference where it was like we got so many chefs in our community let's talk about how they've been able to heal through their chefing career let's let's talk about the actresses and actors in our community let's talk about how they have been able to come together and heal and and make sense of the world and now do acting and entertainment and we have organizers that organize on these various platforms and poets and authors why why not uh exemplify or bring bring to the surface their specific narrative about healing and because i was obviously in that time in my life where i'm like wow like 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 i've been transformed i've been healed and cool up was like hey why don't you start small right now and think about a podcast mm-hmm. and i never thought that was a possibility this is me talking to the, or or myself about a year and a half ago, whoever that was, never listened to a podcast before. Maybe have, maybe like picked up one, but was never consistent about it. Never really understood what it was because I was like, "Is it radio?" People we just doing interviews. We were just talking in a mic, and and so that's where it started. And um, uh, we were at her her home and. And just bouncing back ideas, and just knowing that hey, like this could, um, this podcast idea could be something so special because it's so specific that people can relate. Because when things are so general, hmm. then it doesn't relate to gets anybody. It's diluted
1: a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: it gets diluted, okay. right? And so I always will remember that, and I always respect that exchange I have with Kulat because. It really inspired me to know that, hey, there's there's something special about this specificity of the work that I'm doing that no one's ever talked about before. And how can that expand to apply to other diasporic communities of color, right? And now look at me, like where I'm getting so much incredible support from the not only within the community, but on the outskirts of people coming And sharing, like, hey, I like what you're doing with the Latin American community in terms of healing. I think I want to bring that to the Filipinx community. I think I want to bring that to the Thai community, per se. (laughs) All these other communities. So, um, yeah, that that, that moment, that experience, that exchange um, changed my life.
1: So you're not originally from L.A., right? I'm not. So maybe you can... um, do a time travel for us. Take us back to, um, is it North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Um, when you were 12, how was that like?
0: When I was 12 in North Carolina, it was a very specific age. Um, yeah, it was maybe like 6th or 7th grade. And I grew up in a pre white community. There was very little uh, API community. I think there was less than 1%. In Asheboro, North mm-hmm. Carolina, which uh, only has a population of 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. And it was a dry dry town, which meant there was no alcohol served. And we had to go to the next town to get alcohol. And even that next town, you couldn't buy alcohol like, on Sunday and after 8 p.m. or you know those those odd hours. But I was a very... Oh, you know what? I also help my parents run the restaurant we get a family-owned business Mm. i always forget um and sometimes i think it's like you know those memories that you don't want to remember (laughs) because sometimes they're too traumatizing but that was also the place that our family really built community in in ashburn north carolina we were one of the um family-owned family owned Pizza, pizza, sub, salad, chicken wing place, and owned by you know a refugee family, and um, I worked there since I was ten up until I was like sixteen. So remember that is like my formative years of development at that restaurant. How,
1: how many? um was there like a Lao community there, or was there, or like how many other Lao family did you know in your neighborhood?
0: About two families. Okay. Well, do you talking about neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, within like like a five mile radius, like two families, but then fifteen miles, maybe like four families. <laughs> so So you kinda like knew everyone? Yeah. We knew in one hand. And I can't remember all their names, but I do remember us going to different family gatherings and meeting the same children, mm-hmm. uh, around the same age. And, uh, we would have to drive about two hours to get Asian food. And my parents would stock up on groceries. <laughs> my mom and dad, like, I would never understand this. I was just, it, it was just normal for me. But when we go to Charlotte, which is about two, to, I believe it's two to three hours, um, from Asheboro, Uh, we would get two carts full of food, Mm -hmm. and to put in our freezer, we had two freezers, and so we wouldn't have to drive two hours to, you know, every week to get food. We just, you know, once a month type of trip, and Mm we spend like two hundred dollars on food for the family. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of where, um, my uh,
1: twelve-year-old self.
0: Yeah, my 12-year-old self kind of showed up in all these various places.
1: So, if you could, in your own words, maybe explain your podcast to your 12-year-old self. What is this podcast? And, um, do
0: you think you can do that? Is that weird? No. (laughs) Well, it's a little weird. (laughs) But... I think it's important because I...
1: Okay, now I'm the 12-year-old. So how would you say it to me?
0: I would say, Wanda.
1: Remember, I'm Rita.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm from Asheboro
0: (laughs) now. I I would say, Rita, I have a podcast. It's kind of like a radio show. Um, And... It's featuring all these Lao American people in our community. And they're talking about how they grew up. They're talking about the experiences that have made them who they are. And they also talk about healing. and, And ways that they've been able to heal over time and do the work that they do now. Become the person that they are now. And so one of the reasons why I made this podcast is because I wish I had me growing up yeah I wish I had me growing up and how much more would I've been emotionally financially like mentally uh, mature and developed or able to regulate my emotions I don't fault myself now I love who I am but I I hope that this podcast platform will be a space where you can feel connected to me, even though we may not see each other as much.
1: Thank you for that. Yeah. I hope your 12-year-old self... I think that was very special. Having me (laughs) with me growing up. Yeah. Okay, here's another twist. Oh. Okay. In Lao, can you try to say... (laughs)
0: Wow, I wasn't ready okay, for this.
1: To your, um, you know, like the fam of the parents generation, do you think you can like do a spiel of how, <laughs> what do you think this podcast, um, what is this podcast? How would you say it to them? I mean, to know- my parents? Yeah, let's say, like, yeah, let's do it to your parents. Think about that.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. This is going to be hard. So, I'm going to try my best. Pome. <laughs> me Radio station. Uh... Radio station. Ben Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even. Um... <laughs> I need a translator. <laughs> um, Knois, see, radio station. Gavou, uh, Vau, uh, Luang Kong Jep Jai Gup, uh, Luang Kong. Hit the uh bin how do you say news? Cow, 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 kong, lao uh see, si Ben, um, Jalen, Ben yang si Ben Jalen, a yang uh hey, hey, you. Uh, yu... Uh you chai, you your life. Shivit? <laughs> yeah, Shivit. Hent young, you shivit, <laughs> Kong Kong Lao, <laughs> Yomeka, see, Chilun. Wow, that was <laughs> that was <laughs> oh, that was a mess. <laughs>
1: Maybe, well, maybe you can do like a brief um translation of what you said, but maybe in your own words of what you would want to say, maybe like if you were trying to say it to your parents like what what are you trying to do in English
0: oh how would I say how you, how you now? would
1: just say to them, yeah,
0: oh okay I mean that I mean that's still very challenging, but um, I would say Paul, <laughs> No, I say mom, dad um, and So I'm having I'm making this radio show and in this radio show I'm interviewing and connecting to all these Lao American leaders who have done good work in our community and have uplifted our voices and I want to talk about how they have overcome challenges and, and been able to move our community forward, move the, push the needle forward so that we can be happy, that we can be joyous, that we can uh, not only think about survival, but we actually think that we can be prosperous in a way
1: so another question I have is um, so we were talking about your parents right first we started with you as your 12 year old self and then we talked about you kind of introducing it to your parents and then I think in some sense I wanted you to reflect on the moment that you feel like silenced the most like I imagine you're doing this because you feel like your voice does matter right yeah. your your community voice mattered but was there a time where you felt like your voice didn't matter or there you felt so so silenced that um, and maybe that moment um, specific moment um, you can highlight in terms of Um, how it's it's affecting you in terms of making this space for voices to be heard.
0: The next part of this segment reveals content about sexual abuse. If you would like to skip this part, you can fast forward to the 25-minute mark. Hope you take care of yourself, fam. Yeah. That's a really deep question. And... I have many moments when I felt silenced and I want to be careful about how I answer this because it may bring up a lot of feelings and and sensitivity around um, my own experiences of sexual assault, but um, I want to share that uh, in the event that there are other folks that um, could relate because I think it's important to share in our community and how much that um, that that I have shared so far. I've received such um, um, relatability from other women in the Lao American community. So um, I remember this moment whenever I shared to my mom that I. That something happened between me and my grandpa, right? And there was a time that I was sexually abused by my grandpa. And uh, whenever that happened, I um, didn't really know how to share that as a child. I was, what, like two, three, or four years old. And it was very tough knowing that. that had happened to me and not really understanding and put into words or I but I knew like now that I reflect in my body that it was really impacted. But I think a year or two down the line I remember sharing that with my mom, um, right beside her in bed and and I remember that that she also not she also, but I remember her saying that, oh, like, I knew he was a bad guy, but I didn't... But why did you let him do that to you? Something along those lines. So when I shared that incident with my mom, um, and the response that I got back was very much sh- shifting the blame to me as if I should have told her earlier or or that there was no accountability on their end or um or there was just no no comforting no nurturing no no holding me at the mm. time that I needed to be held mm. and and so again slipping into this silence or being my story being swept under the rug i That memory really didn't surface with me of being sexually abused by my grandpa until college. And Mm. it was as if this memory didn't belong to me. Mm. It was as if it was like some faintness, right? And I can't say that it didn't impact me because it absolutely did in so many ways. And the shame and the blame and all of that um, definitely... um, For me, it it was just so numbing. It was easier to numb that pain away than to actually call it out and confront it. Mm. So that incident, for sure, and I don't blame anyone for what had happened. It happened, and i'm very grateful for you know my parents and you know what they've been able to support me thus far. But um, you know they. They just didn't have the tools, they didn't have to be careful. they didn't have the training to really care for me to the extent that I needed care
1: at that time. I think you highlight something important, though. Um, sometimes the people who we love the most, the people in our family, in that space, sometimes we don't have voices, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like... Um, I think what you're doing in your podcast is that you're finding a new, you're creating a new family space, yeah, yeah, uh, that that you have been longing for, right? In a way that maybe through your journey of healing, you have found that family space through friends, uh, through mentors, uh, through um, professors, through um, people in the community. That help normalize, help bring words to what was going on, help to to kind of awaken you to feel like this is not normal, right? Kind of um, what we've talked before, but I feel like maybe that's what your podcast is doing yeah. is is creating a new family, in some ways, mm-hmm. a family space that sometimes some of us are are not fortunate to always have, and sometimes. Um, it takes time for our family to realize, yeah, um, what they could have done. And in the meantime, if you ever get there, there is this family space, which is called, what is it called? What is your podcast called?
0: Healing Out Loud. That's right. (laughs) Wow. Way to break the ice. (laughs) So true, isn't it, yeah, yeah, I never thought of it like that I and think um
1: it's very i think if we look at the career community, I feel like there's a lot of issues of suicide, especially with uh y- even younger kids, right yeah. It's just lack of acceptance and lack of education, and I think um um there's a lot of a high rate of um youth who run away from home, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to. I think it's also kind of the uh, inheritance of resiliency that you are doing in this podcast is creating this healing space, um, this space of another family to hear you, um, to allow you to know that your voice matters.
0: Because it really does, yes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I would tell my 12-year-old self. <laughs> oh my gosh no i think it's so important that you highlight that this is a family i'm creating that this is a new environment for you and that no matter where you've been who who you have crossed or the experiences that you have dealt with that you matter and that you deserve to be loved you deserve to feel connection that you deserve peace and acceptance and And I'm hoping that this space will be that for you. Yeah, I feel like
1: the voices here of the people who will be featured, Um, maybe imagine an orchestra, yeah, and all these voices are um, being interviewed, but together they're they're kind of creating this symphony, you know, of like support, right, in terms of our everyday struggle. That is quite beautiful because, you know, adversity also allows us to um, really push us, you know, and there's, in those dark moments. You really grow, right? But sometimes you can't grow alone. And so this space is um, is a very unique space of acceptance, a space of safety that I think Rita wants to provide, especially oh. <laughs> for the Lao community community. Um, to have that family space that you may be yearning for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is a space where anyone and everyone is welcome and if you haven't had that space yet, you're at this is this is for you. I think when I thought about this space and I've thought about it over and over and and I really want to put it back to the community that this content is owned by no one but the community itself this space would not have been possible without all the interviewers interviewees the guests the 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 time that the community took to make it possible right i'm just the facilitator of this knowledge i'm the facilitator of these experiences that are shared right i don't own them um and so i wanted to name that because oftentimes uh what why there there may be issues of safety issues of of belonging is because somebody feels entitled to different spaces right and i'm not gonna say i haven't ever felt entitled i think it's human to understand that hey sometimes we tie ourselves to different objects or different experiences because they give us a sense of self a sense of identity but but we are all I wanted to really emphasize we are all worthy of love. We are all worthy of being enough, being validated, being seen, being heard without any tie to anything. So I'm hoping to that by throwing this out there and acknowledging that this is the case, that this is the community's podcast, I'm hoping more people will come together and, and be able to contribute and be able to say that, hey, like I, I want to know how I can influence this project too. Because this is this is, again f- for the people by the people, and it is very, very much intentional in that approach. Yeah? Yeah. In, in being able to share these experiences, I'm hoping that people can dive a little deeper into their own inner work, right? Reflect on their own personal journeys. And that there's no one right way to be. I think that was one of the greatest things that I have learned over time Mm -hmm. to find peace and acceptance in myself. Because there's so many different narratives, different statements, different comments that we get that influence our mindsets. Mm -hmm. And influence the way that we think about the world, think about ourselves. Mm And it was such a struggle for me for so long. I felt like I needed to be in all these boxes. I couldn't be my 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 twerking self, and I, I couldn't be like the healer that I needed to be. I couldn't be the loud person. I wasn't loud enough. I wasn't Thai enough. I was enough. I it wasn't enough, right? And it's it's such a harmful harmful mindset to be in.
1: And I think what makes this space. Um That's that, you know, family space is that maybe here in your podcast is a moment where you're inviting people to kind of share their vulnerabilities. You're inviting people to kind of help um, call out what is not normal. You're providing that space to provide sanity for those who have felt so insane and um, maybe um, alone yeah and um, and hopefully you know um, you can find this place a place that you can tune in
0: um, whenever you
1: feel that you need it yeah
0: yeah in times that you don't think that you can make it and times that you have felt so swept under the rug or so silenced This is a space of love that you have absolutely access to.
1: Wow, Rita, thank you for your time.
0: Wow, thank you for interviewing me. (laughs) A poem to my younger self. Dear Rita, come here, little sister. Allow me to hold this space for you. Tell me, little sister. What is it that you long for? Is it the love from man, kapal? Is it the nurturing words of affirmation to soothe your soul? Or may it be the connection to our ancestral motherland of Laos? Whatever it is, let me take this time to hold you. To tell you how brilliant you are. To give you permission to be yourself. As there is no one like you. And that is so special, baby sis. You are so special. You are so worthy. You are seen and you are valid. I want to invite your whole selves to the table to witness the beauty in both pain and joy, in both sadness and happiness. Give yourself this lifetime to heal and to find pockets of joy because you deserve it, baby sis. You deserve it, baby sis. You deserve it, baby sis. You are love, and may you one day realize how important you are to the world and to your future self. May you love yourself deeper and hold yourself a little tighter. I love you so much, Rita. A poem to my younger self. You just heard the first episode of Healing Out Loud featuring myself, Rita Pemisai, getting interviewed by my little big sis, Wanda, and I want to give her a huge shout out for not only being willing to interview me in this first episode, but also for being one of my greatest support systems since I've moved to L.A. And slight spoiler alert. You may get another dose of Wanda in one of my future episodes, so stay tuned. And I want to give a special, special thanks to Los Angeles Roots members, Andrew David Ville tong for mixing the beats for this podcast, and mystery person Lao Supply for the Healing Out Loud logo design. If you are in the position to support FAM, any amount of donation counts. For folks who want to make a one-time donation you may donate via PayPal to healing out loud at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to be a monthly sustainer, you can donate via patreon.com forward slash healing out loud. And any funding goes to equipment, podcast hosting site, and so forth. And while you are here, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Doing this will let iTunes know that this podcast matters and it will make it easier for others to find it in the future. So just to wrap up this episode and to preview what's next, I want to emphasize that a huge part of Lao culture is creating community and a family feel. So no matter if we are related by blood or not, we call each other fam. Everyone suddenly becomes your uncle or your auntie or your cuzzo. But on the real note, I want to continue to highlight that if you are ever, ever feeling lonely or isolated, I hope you remember that this is a resource for you, and this is your Kapkwa family. Ma namkan, We come together, we go together, and we grow together, fam, in this healing journey. And starting next Monday on March 11th a new episode will be released bi-weekly where I will be engaging in powerful conversations with Lao American leaders across the nation that centers our stories about healing and resilience. And at the end of every episode, I ask all my guests to share a few self-care tips and tools and wellness strategies that can serve as a resource for you to practice on your own time or with your people as we work together to build collective liberation for all of us. For what's next, I am providing a corresponding self-care practice tip where I will go over deep breathing techniques that can support you in your grounding. You can look to download it in the episode list where you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to the very end of this episode. Your commitment to supporting La America Sustain Itself is greatly appreciated. Kup Jai Lai Rita P is out and I'll twerk on you next week.